How's it going, Yamitators? Episode 227 with Ethan Nicole. I haven't done an intro in a little bit, so this is a this will be a fun new um, outro to intros. Is it my intro outro? Who knows? But I do know that me and Ethan Nicole talked a lot about Axe Cop, for which he is the creator and artist. Bear Mageddon, for which he is the creator, writer, and artist. And Bears Want to Kill You, which is his new book that is on Kickstarter right now. And if you search on Kickstarter the name Ethan Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, or Bear Book, I think it might be Bear Book. But anyway, go on Kickstarter, look up his look up his book. And go on axcop.com, check out those comics, and, you know, just check it out. Check out this episode. Hope you loved it. I had a lot of fun. We did a lot of laughing. There was a lot of storytelling and reminiscing on Axe Cop. Because um, that was how I first heard about him and his stuff, was he was like oh, I'm going to make this comic with my little brother and he's going to have crazy ramblings and then we're going to turn it into a cohesive story. Axe Cop. Uh, yeah. So, check out, um, rate and review this podcast um, on iTunes. Give it five stars. Say whatever you want in the uh, review part. Hopefully something positive. Hopefully maybe something like, let's get this guy some work. Or, wow, I didn't, I didn't know about Axe Cop, now I'm going to check it out. You know, something, something cool, something, something hip. <laughs> something awesome. But, alright, this has gone way too long. But, thank you for listening to this intro, and now, get ready to yam it up with me and Ethan Nicole. There we go. Okay, so you know how there's uh, those roast battle shows mm-hmm. where comedians like make fun of each other and then it like amps up and the best insult of the night wins the best insultinator wins i guess mm-hmm. there's there's one that my buddy kyle ayers is running called the boast rattle <laughs> and it's a competitive compliment competition <laughs> that's <laughs> cool <laughs> oh, yeah. and like just i i've only seen the show once but it was so cathartic as just, like, a comedian, an artist of any kind, mm-hmm. like, putting stuff out there and hoping people like it, and then mm-hmm. having the person person next to you. I was in the crowd, but there was, like, a comedian next to a comedian being like, mm-hmm. he is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the praise, like, it comes and goes and whatever, uh-huh. but then the... The negative is the stuff that you really remember. Yeah. <laughs> like the underhanded compliments. <laughs> um, so, Axe Cop. Axe Cop. <laughs> I haven't talked about this in a while, actually. Yeah? It's been a while since an Axe Cop podcast appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like, it's always going and there's always something and I'm always excited about it. Like, I, I found out about the trade... No, okay, here's here's how the story went. I was at Comic-Con on my buddy's guest pass, mm-hmm. and then he was talking about a panel, I think it might have been the first year you guys were there, 
Okay. And uh, and he was like, yeah, it's this comic where this guy and his brother <laughs> just make up stories about Axe Cop, and he goes and chops everyone's heads off, and I'm like, what? That sounds amazing! And then I wasn't able to detect that then, but then there was WonderCon, and that, okay. that panel where... Was that with a TV show? Where uh, I think it was maybe when the TV show because yeah, I just think started. it was the that's the only time we did a WonderCon appearance. I think was when the TV show launched. And Malachi was running around chopping people's heads off with the plastic axe. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, we did. You're right. I did a <laughs> did a really quick appearance at WonderCon that year. I think <laughs> it's all a blur. That whole period of my life is such a blur. It was so crazy. <laughs> the moderator was like, "We're gonna we want to ask you some questions, Malachi," and he goes. Two questions. <laughs> <laughs> he ran the room. It's so funny, man. He... And everyone was eating it up. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I'm in for for Axe Cop? One yeah, of my favorite yeah. things we did uh, at conventions with Malachi was he would, he'd set up, like he'd call out cosplayers and bring them up and he'd narrate a battle and make them act it out. Oh, it's awesome. So, you know, you'd have like Luigi versus, you know, like Sauron or something. And just, he'd be like saying... He'd narrate it and just make it up as we go. And, and just, just like our process, I'd ask him questions about, I'd question the logic. And yeah. you know, he would keep correct it as it went along. So. It's funny how many things got written even by on panels just at comic conventions. That's the thing I loved about Axe Cop was like, you know, most artists are so like precious about their work. They're yeah. like, they don't want to. They, like, imagine Neil Gaiman, like. At, at Axe Cop being Improving. like improving and then like oh that's a great suggestion I would love to add that to my story and like he, he, he throws that into his story later on and something you know you just can't imagine that like it's like you're here to like absorb his brilliance but Malachi to him everybody's brilliant it doesn't yeah. matter if it's the worst guy in the audience like the guy in the Wario costume you know the guy that put all his time into making a Wario costume most of us avoid that guy Malachi thinks that guy's a genius just as much as me like anybody and in fact he that's the great thing about Malachi and the thing I learned to act cop was it's it's looking up like he looks up to me and to the adults and he thinks you know and so I think I learned looking up to a five year old for great ideas and he looked up to convention geeks and you know it's there's something about taking that humble spot and looking for the brilliance and everything you know that he it's he pure. Found. It's, it's so, really pure, and oh, yeah, man. and it unlocks something very universal. <laughs> and it, but yeah, we had like a good example was um, somebody asked at one of the panels. I think he was just on my phone at this one. Uh, they asked, "Axe Cop is the president of the world. Is he the president of anything else? Or no? Now that he's not the president of the world, is." Uh, I think it was something like that. Like, if, if he's if he stops being president of the world, what what will he be? And then act, oh, and Malachi goes, "Well, he's the president of karate." <laughs> like that. <laughs> so that ended up unpacking a whole storyline in Axe Cop Gets Married, uh, which I love. The this moon, whole moon story. Rose? Where was that? Um, the Moon Warriors. That was pretty early on when we first created Axe Cop. <laughs> The Moon Warriors were Malachi's, a lot, in a lot of ways, like, you know, every creator has the thing they accidentally got famous for, yeah. and then they have their passion project. Yeah. Like, for me, I accidentally got famous for Axe Cop. My passion project is Barry McGeddon. Barry McGeddon, right. 
So he, well, he didn't even mean to make Axe Cop up. He didn't realize he was going to get in the comics made and stuff. So he goes, oh, now that I have this, you know, Moon Warriors is a way better idea. Let's make that. <laughs> and so he was th- t- kept pitching me these Moon Warriors. I'm like, well, I like Axe Cop. Let's keep doing Axe Cop. We're like, okay, we'll work the Moon Warriors in. And we kept working them in. And, yeah. and that's how they, they became part of the Axe Cop universe. So they were his... <laughs> His idea, once he became that, a little bit self-aware that he was making comics. Yeah, like Moon he was Warriors, like, let's do more book. Moon Warriors storylines. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and then you can even see how they deteriorated and turned into weird sea creatures within <laughs> just a few episodes. <laughs> I love how, like, the rules are consistent, and then they're always, there are always more rules, too. Mm-hmm. And he always follows them all. Like, I think that's the fun of it, because, like, and, and it's a fun... It's a fun, like, satire of comic culture. Because, like, <laughs> comics are really grown-up playtime, right? And we're yeah. goofing off. And we make up some ridiculous rule, like Krypton, you know, on Superman or something. <laughs> and then you're you're beholden to that rule as yeah. if it is one of the Ten Commandments forever. in the Bible forever. Like, we take it that seriously. <laughs> so that's what Axe Cop is. Like, it's Malachi shooting his mouth off. And then me, I'm the voice that isn't really in the story I'm the voice with him as he writes it goes well 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 I'm holding him accountable to all the rules he's already written he's like hey. and that becomes yeah it becomes really funny <laughs> so um, Bear Mageddon I have not read it yet but tell everyone what it's about because I okay. know what it's about and it's yeah. scary as hell <laughs> because bears take over the earth right pretty yeah. much yeah, it's pretty. It's very inspired by something like Shaun of the Dead. It's like a slacker comedy horror film mm-hmm. idea of mine. That you know, it's bears taking over the world. It's not something no one's ever thought of before, as far as like bears are horrifying. I just wanted to really get into the depths of that uh, in, in kind of a funny, just, I don't know, way. Like I, I love even with Axe Cop. It's big action and over the top and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Armageddon is a little different where there's actually some real drama in it and stuff and some real horror. Um, it's more adult, but it is like, it, it asks you to uh, to accept a very ridiculous premise and get on board. <laughs> well, bears, bears, love, bears want to kill us. That's yes. a good segue yeah. <laughs> to the book. Yeah, so the book I've got now on Kickstarter at the moment <laughs> is called Bears Want to Kill You. And... That was born out of, I'm sure you know, as a, you know, we're all starving artists out here trying to figure out how to get people to, in the sea of molecules of people that the internet is, like trying to get heard by everybody yeah. and notice your stuff. Dude, it's freaking impossible. It's so crazy. It's the the entertainment pool is diluted yeah. so much that if you like something and then you find out that someone else likes that thing, you're like, oh, let's connect right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was like my goal. I was just trying with Armageddon. Like, how do I get people to notice this freaking comic and check it out? Because just sharing a comic book page is not working, you know? Yeah. And so I started creating these bear memes, just trying. That was after lots of other ways I was trying. (laughs) Started creating these bear memes. And it kind of created its own subculture, like, or not subculture, but like a side project. I ended up creating a bear onion, like the onion news site, but only for bear news, (laughs) fake bear news. And. That and then I noticed the me, you know, and then Bar- you start to notice news, if you will. Yeah, Barity. <laughs> <laughs> so that got its own little thing, and I love writing them. There's stupid, silly articles, you know, like a uh, Barcano and 
barricade. And, uh, you know, it, it's all these help, like uh, bear safety tips, where where the conclusion is always that the bear is going to kill you. It's just the best thing to do, knowing that that's true. And uh, is there ever a chance where someone should attack a bear or should try? Well, yeah, that's how you want to be remembered when you die. <laughs> Like, you want to be remembered as the guy who was cowering in the corner wetting himself and the guy who ran up to the bear and just started kicking at the nuts repeatedly. And then uh, that's how he was remembered by his family. He died <laughs> instantly your, after that. Your children but... are going to remember this moment. Like, this is the moment your kids are going to remember you for, so don't start crying. Bite the bear. Do whatever you can. You're not going to... You're going to die, but... <laughs> don't they... Like, is the play dead thing real? Like, you're supposed to... If, if, if there's a brown they bear say, or a black bear... Well, if we're talking in actual reality, which yeah. I, I hate to break character, but uh, <laughs> they, they're saying if it's brown, lie down, it's black, fight back. So, oh. know, grizzlies and stuff. Black bears are supposed to try black to fight bears them? Are, black bears are more like big dogs, apparently. Like, if you mm. try to fight back, they'll scare off you more easily. Like pots but the brown ones, or... yeah, like grizzlies and brown bears and stuff, are more <laughs> likely to... Back off, or more uh, to not. They'll probably to bite you, some. you to just destroy you. They'll probably still do some head biting and stuff if you lay down, but they're gonna eventually leave you alone. I think is the idea. <laughs> but I've read books and books of bear mauling stories. I've heard. I've heard a story about someone. Yeah, they like. They, they like to chew on the skull. That's the thing they're really into. <laughs> they like chew on the skull and then. The person said they like felt their skull like cracking mm-hmm. or something. Oh, yeah. Like I imagine it's like oh. you, like like when you eat a mango and you cut all the flesh off of it, and there's still some flesh left on the pit, and you're trying to just grind it off with your teeth. To me, that's probably what the bear the bear's doing the mango thing there. <laughs> kind of the mango grind. And salts can I yeah. get from this man? This is good. It's so good. I got to grind on this pit over the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's so cool. Um, have you heard of that show Blood Drive on Sci-Fi? Huh. It's it was only one season, and like while it was happening, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" It's like post-apocalyptic. It takes place <laughs> in the early '90s, and it's um, all of the gas is like expensive as fuck, and so there's a bunch of people who have found a way to make their cars run on human blood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so there's this race that happens every year called the Blood Drive, and the winner um, becomes the new, the new like top shit or whatever, and wins a bunch of money. And oh man, it's really good. It's just like gritty sci-fi, but like it looks older. Like they mm-hmm. made it look a little grainy and stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh. check it out. I'm- I was just watching the, uh, I, I decided to give a few episodes to try in that Cobra Kai oh, yeah. YouTube show. For, and? It was interesting. I, 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 had, to, cool. I had to kind of get, because they, they did a really good job of making it feel like a sequel to the actual Karate Kid. Kid. Like, they didn't try to update the style. Yeah. Like, the, the kind of hokey lines and things that they would, would be used in an 80s movie, like, they talk like that. Like, it's really, really on the nose and, like... <laughs> It's, and music and the grainy camera, like it feels like it was made in the eighties. Nice. But and I think, uh, I know that for sure Ralph Macchio's in it. But I think the guy who played the the kid, that, it's about the guy at the end of Karate Kid that 
he beats yeah the blonde kid sweep the leg Johnny. yeah sweep the leg yeah yeah that guy. <laughs> he's it's about him their rivalry and their their adults now ooh yeah, so yeah, I don't know I only watched a couple episodes but pretty good though. It sounds yeah, good. So far, yeah. I'll keep, I've watched two episodes, it's pretty good for me to watch two episodes of anything, so. <laughs> it's a big commitment yeah. these days, you know. Like, Dude, and again, the dilution of the, and then you, mm-hmm. and you go, have you seen this? No, what is it? Have you seen this? Yeah, I know. No, what is it? <laughs> That's why it really pays to find people that you, like, trust their tastes. You gotta, like, <laughs> yeah, like, cling to What do people. I need to spend my time on, yeah. entertainment-wise, so that I don't just cycle through and just look forever maybe watch yeah. this or this like I started re-watching Breaking Bad recently because I was like I've seen it through once and now like I've got the Lyme disease which is why I have the cane okay. and um, so I'm weak and so then when he's not wanting to tell his family that he's sick I'm relating with it and I'm like mm-hmm. oh shit <laughs> like this is way deeper than I thought the f- than the first time and mm. I'm like, hashtag re-breaking bad. <laughs> but it's fun to go back through knowing what I know now and then having watched Better Call Saul. Have you watched both? Oh, I've, I lost, I, I got off track on that a while, a ways in. I can't yeah. remember it was. So I, that's the thing, I can never find the episode I left off on, so I haven't gotten back in. <laughs> I never got hooked into it like I did Breaking Bad. But it's still, it's the characters I love. So. Yeah, and then there's like crossovers, like Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike is in it it's from the beginning for Better Call Saul, right? Yeah, I love Mike. And, um, yeah, and, and so then I'm, like, re-watching, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's this episode. Oh, fuck, I forgot that happened. Oh, like the thing when he brings the um, the stuff into Tuco near the very beginning, mm-hmm. and then he's like, you oh, bring me more? Yeah, yeah and then he yeah. throws it, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I watched that and got into it. <laughs> And got into like through like the first couple seasons, and then I had a roommate who was interested, so we rewatched all the way through. We got into about season. How many seasons were made of it? Uh, five. Four or five. Or, or like they split five into five and six, I think. Maybe. Okay. So it was around almost to the last season. Me and my roommate were into it. We even got to the point where we wrote like a, we wrote lyrics to the uh, opening songs. We'd sing it in harmony when they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Walt and Jesse breaking bad. <laughs> and he'd take the low note, you know, breaking bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, then I found the love of my life, and she was interested in Breaking Bad. So then I went through a whole other cycle of watching it all the way from the yes. beginning for a third time, and that was getting exhausting. And I still love the show. But... Have you seen them with commentary? I haven't, huh? but I, I can't do that with. <laughs> I don't think I want to now because I've already watched every episode four times, like three times. That's a lot. But uh, but yeah, so it's a bad, 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 bad world. And That's then, what that podcast would be if you watched yeah. it the fourth time through <laughs> with commentary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then we got to the finale, very final episode. And, like, I was running late that night because I was working on, I think, an cop TV show. And I got home, and my wife was just finishing it up. <laughs> I rewatched this whole thing for you. I watched every episode. You can just wait for me to watch the finale. <laughs> She's like, you've seen it twice. Like, I, hadn't, I, I hadn't gotten to the finale. <laughs> we watched the last season together new. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, man, that finale. Oof. With that song and just the... 
everything. Dang. I, yeah, the, the pressure to write an ending to anything that good, I, I don't think the ending that much. There can't be a satisfying ending, I don't think. And, it, and now that I'm back, I'm fine with it. But in the yeah. moment, I was like, that's it. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think I cried through. And like, even though I knew where it was headed, because you know, all these seasons was like, yeah, there's a definite ending point. It's like terminal. It's bad. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be bad. And then, and then he broke bad. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's there in the title. Um, oh yeah. So the Axe Cop TV show. What was that like working on it? How awesome was that? Did it was you, cool. I mean, it was really. I it was eye opening too. Just as a person who always thought I want, I always wanted a TV show yeah. and what I thought it would be like and yeah. what I thought it would do for my career. On and, Fox ADHD. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's huge, right? So, um, like, I don't want to talk about it as if I sound bitter or like it's not a bad experience. Like a lot of really good, but just not. I had my preconceived ideas of what that would mean for me or what it would be like or the involvement I would get to have and it wasn't it didn't line up with everything I thought so it's okay. kind of just like learning yeah. what, how that all you know was there and like I think a, learning how I conduct myself in this industry and just it is all happening to me in the time you know so I look back so there's so much you know on know. one hand I mean, I mean first and foremost it was just awesome I mean it was really fun seeing it all come to life and putting all these amazing artists on it and did the voice meet, actors did you meet up with all the voice actors not all of them but uh who did you talk many to many of them um early on that was a thing cause ADHD when they made these shows they were cranking them out like sausage yeah it was all done in house that was um, also um Lucas Brothers mm-hmm. moving co right moving yeah Co's. Yeah, I kind of like walk past them as they came into the writers' room after Axe Cop every once in a while. But uh, that was a great show too. But yeah, I got to be in the writers' room most of the time um, for the first season, and part of the second season. But the, the thing is, they were everything was in house. Everything on that block of program is in house. A lot of people were working on all the shows. Yeah. And I was the odd man out that like they'd have to call and schedule to come in to be part of it, and they just had this locomotive just like chugging along. And they didn't have time to stop it until I got there. So, like, there'd be times where they'd be like, we need to do a rewrite, we need to rewrite, or whatever it was, and uh, it just got moving. And wow. I wasn't, you know, I kind of got forgotten about, I think, at, at times. It felt like that. Um, and not in a way that I think they were conspir- conspiratorially trying to keep me out of the loop, but that it was just like, you know. On a schedule. It was a schedule, and yeah, and just, it took, I know it took effort on their part to keep getting me involved so I appreciate when they did but um and I was so green to the TV industry I wasn't you know I didn't have any industry experience so yeah um yeah you know in in all all, in all honesty they didn't have to involve me at all the way that the the, the contract was they could have just you know just made their show and you know yeah so it it was a fun experience I mean writing I really liked the writer's room um even though I was I'm a fairly quiet guy especially that when I'm among very loud people that talk over each other, I just kind of choose to not be to like talking. To absorb it all. Yeah, because like, I just mm-hmm, figure, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's already talking over each other. Am I going to, like, where am I going to find, unless I talk really loud, yeah. it's not going to. So that's the, that was my one challenge in the writer's room, and I think that it does kind of, uh, it, it puts, like, a weird weird stink on you if you're quiet in a writer's room, I think. Like, quiet the whole <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, not quiet the whole time, yeah. Because yeah. it is interesting, because the other thing is interesting is I... have been in a writer's room, sorry. I, yeah, yeah, no, but the, you could see. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I would imagine. But a lot of my 
input did make it into the show. Like a lot of a lot of Axe Cop lines were straight for me. Like I, nice. I'd usually wait till it all died down and go, like, well, he, he could say this, and then I'd <laughs> say the line, and they all laugh and oh yeah, that's the one, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it was straight out of the comic. Right? Yeah, straight yeah. out of the comic. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the writer's room, a lot of times, was how do we use all this material? We'd have this whole bulletin board covered in all the stuff in the comic and figuring out how to piece, puzzle piece it together into yeah. an episode, you know, so that was fun. Um, and yeah, so I kind of, a lot of ways, I wasn't a writer as so much as like a consultant who was saying, well, Axe Cop might say this in this situation, or maybe we could use this storyline, you know, I was just the guy that knew Axe Cop back yeah. and forwards. And, We'd also sometimes call Malachi to, you know, if we had a whole <laughs> chunk of the show, we wanted to get his take on. Two so, questions. Yeah. And it was really funny. It was one of the first times we did, and I've, I've told this story before, but um, the first time we did this, we called him up to get his, his take on what would happen if, uh, I think it was the idea of if Telescope Gun Cop and Axe Cop did get in a big final battle, like what would that look like? Because the original first show we were going to write was the Telescope Gun Cop episode which turned into the baby man episode <laughs> so he ended up he just goes off he just he's on speakerphone and as he's talking he just you can hear him running around the living room as he's talking and he's like he gets a gun called the prison unlock gun and he shoots it in the air and all the prisons come unlocked and all the bad guys come out from all the prisons and join him in a fight and then X-Cop calls upon God and says that he talks about how him and God had this deal a long time ago and X-Cop saved his life so God owes him a solid and like so he does this thing and like this whole crazy stuff just starts coming out and he goes on and on and don't even ask no questions just and the room starts to fill up. Everybody in the whole staff that he just, he just starts to pile into the room, and then he doesn't even know that he has an audience of like fifty people standing around the phone. They're like, "That's that's." They're just all that's listening, and he's going cop. on. He's making it up, and he finishes in like about twenty-five minutes or so. And then when he finishes, he gets this rousing applause from a whole audience. He doesn't even realize he's listening. <laughs> no, it was really funny. He's like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Are you guys in a meeting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we used like, you know, I don't even use any of it actually. In the end, <laughs> it's just so crazy. But <laughs> there was some good stuff there. Oh, so so has he like chilled out for now with Axe Cop, and you guys are just like letting that breathe? Yeah, well, we kind of recently did about a year or two ago. We did a. a sh- after we hadn't done Axe Cop for a couple of years, we did a story called The Songster. Okay. We teamed up with Perry Grip from Nerf Herder. You ever heard of that band? Uh, yeah, they did the they did the theme for Buffy. Yeah, theme for Buffy, that's right. <laughs> that's what they're most known for, I think. Um, he does these internet songs like uh, like the monkey on a Segway, uh, chimpanzee run a Segway, uh, hamster on a piano, like all these like songs. <laughs> funky little internet meme songs. Yeah. And we became friends. We both kind of just mutually admire each other's work and I always wanted to work with them. So we talked about doing an, a comic, an Axe Cop comic that incorporates music into it. So we did this story. Yeah. So I talked to Malachi and wrote this story about this guy named The Songster who's this uh, rock star who bought a sound system from a pawn shop uh, that's evil an evil wizard pawn shop and the sound system uh, whatever he sings into it happens and so then Axe Cop can kind of get in this battle of the bands because Axe Cop gets his band going <laughs> is Blue Cop at the band? no the funny thing is Axe, Axe Cop kind of kicks everybody out and it's just he just has this rapper guy who has like has like six arms 
who does all the instruments. He finds his, so he's his backup. He, he finds this guy, and the guy's like, oh, I'm a rapper. And the rapper's like, no, no, I'm doing the singing. You just play all the instruments. <laughs> so this guy... This, uh, this guy the plays songster. all the instruments, yeah, and then the songster is like this. And anyway, you have to check it out because it's, it's only like a 20, 30 page comic. Is it it's on the website. Okay. And every time a song shows up in the comic, the lyrics are in the comic, and you can click on the song in the blog below oh, and listen and to it. it. And it's, it's like a musical oh. comic, so it's pretty dope. cool. It's funny. <laughs> I want to make a. Uh, that's what I need around to doing is just make a digital PDF of it where you can click the songs all the way through and do the whole thing all in a package. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Cool. Yeah, yeah so you can check that out. So more Axe Cop on the horizon. Mm -hmm. That's there, and yeah, I, I, I always kind of assume it's uh, you know here and there we're gonna do it. Like even like <clears throat> two Christmases ago, we wrote an Axe Cop Christmas story, a new one, <laughs> and I just, I just didn't have the time to draw it out. And there's still some holes in it, but some really funny stuff in there. We had this <laughs> funny idea about these bad guys creating this mistletoe that was the missile, giant missile that was hanging over the entire world. <laughs> it was going to bomb everybody, but nobody knew that. Like, they thought, they thought it was mi actual mistletoe and that everybody was going to meet everybody under it and kiss. Out. Yeah, the whole world was going to meet and kiss, but they didn't realize that there's a bomb in there that's going to drop on everybody while they're kissing and blow them up. So, now I'm giving away the story. But that's a good teaser. Good though. premise. Yeah. Good premise, right? <laughs> Oh, it's so awesome. So Bearmageddon, how how uh, how many volumes are there of Bearmageddon? Bearmageddon's kind of interesting because I got I got <coughs> to a volume one stopping point, and I decided I was going to put the book out, and I uh, I decided I wanted to do print on demand, try print on demand out, and so I made the big announcement: the book's coming out. People pre-ordered it. Yeah. I had the books made, and they just looked terrible, and they're really expensive. Oh. And uh, so I I sold them to the you know, the small amount of people that had pre-ordered, and I just basically took it back off the market. And so it's still pretty much just digital. You can get it digital. Okay. Um, so it's still kind of up in the air, like, what Volume 1 counts as now and what Volume 2 is. Like, currently, I call it Volume 2 on the website, but I might get to the end of this point and combine all that into one big volume. Yeah. Um, one reason I'm doing Bears Want to Kill You right now is I really wanted to dip my toes in Kickstarter for the first time and do something... Uh, number one that I wasn't I wouldn't be heartbroken if it didn't fund yeah um, and just to get my own just a feel for Kickstarter like do one and yeah. you know fill it out so how has it been generally yeah good I mean I, you know it wasn't like a, I mean I'm halfway just over halfway through it um, but we're just about to 200% funding so yeah and the amount that I put on for my funding was Shout you know, out. a very minimum. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, the minimum I would need to pull it off. Uh, so, you know, it's getting to where I might be able to get some profit out of it. It's, it's hard to tell because, you know, the amount of different expenses that... That's why I'm so curious. Because, like, does, does Kickstarter have their own expenses? Yeah, they or? take, like, 5%, and then there's taxes, and then there's, you know, you got all the shipping costs and packaging and everything. And, mm. um, there's all these things that come up when you when you ship, you know, three or four hundred books to people, yeah. some in other countries, you know, and print them professionally. And you're I'm printing a thousand books, so yeah. I'm gonna find some storm, and so there's a lot of stuff that can pop up in there. So I'm hoping, um, yeah, I'm hoping there's something left on there to because that's my goal. Cause you're the book, like by the end of it, I've made fifteen dollars. Yeah, no, because I, I know people who have funded. A book for like 120 grand, and like they didn't take much. Mm. 
home out of that because the amount of orders and everything like it's just really doing the math properly is very hard you know yeah. so like I don't know so it's no matter what you do it's kind of just the you just gotta I think you just gotta dive in and, and give it a shot so yeah that's oh man it seems like another crazy world where you just have to learn everything going in yeah like but it's it's the way I'm leaning I'm, I've since Axe Cop I've how was it working pitched. with Dark Horse um like, are they ever knocking on your door and like, hey, no. you wanna... Yeah, that was the thing. Dark Horse was very, very supportive uh, when Axe Cop was popular. And then as soon as it wasn't popular anymore, I just pretty much stopped like, hearing from them. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, they, they sent me one last email, like, uh, yeah, the popularity's really gone down on that. And then, uh, like, the, I actually don't get answers now when I email them. The video game now. could bring a resurgence. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, I try to depend on any resurgences ever on anything. <laughs> <laughs> keep a uh, realistic view of life yeah dude it's tough it's tough with everything yeah like i i there's there's super famous actors and actresses and i'm like i have no idea who you are I'm yeah like, yeah totally, totally. <laughs> like you were on a thing on netflix i didn't yeah. see it yeah. <laughs> there's a million things on netflix yeah it is interesting things are really changing everything's done i just know that had even like the news a lot of things are feeling very old and weird now like like news media, like the guy, the guy that talks like this, like that's really. There's still people that talk like that, but like Angry everybody people. thinks they're funny. Like nobody really wants to hear that news like that anymore. And yeah, you know, uh, sometimes I'll watch the the uh, CBS news because it comes on before Colbert, mm-hmm. and I'll watch it on the app logged into my parents' <laughs> CBS all access account. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, there's still. <laughs> There's still news <laughs> like this. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope that they don't all turn into a big uh, Sinclair cluster where they all say the same yeah. pre-recorded <laughs> message or pre-written message. Yeah, terrifying. Ugh. I mean, they did that. A bunch of them did that recently. They, yeah, I saw that. Ugh. We're living in strange times. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy to see... Um, like I'll flip your Instagram sometimes and there'll be an ad and it's like grow your YouTube channel to up to 100,000 mm-hmm. subscribers in a month yeah. here's how you do it <laughs> and I'm like not everyone can subscribe to every YouTube channel Yeah. and even if they could they wouldn't necessarily or maybe they would subscribe and not watch or well, that could be know. one of those like places in India that just has a bunch of people sign up. I, I tried that on Fiverr once. I was just curious. I'm just like, what happens when you pay to get followers? So I, on the Barmageddon Facebook page, out of curiosity, I tried it. I wanted to find out what would happen like if I paid for a thousand followers. Yeah. And I paid, it was like ten bucks or something. Yeah. And overnight, they just started coming in. And I, so I started looking at them all, and there's all these... Like uh, India or like not even in English, you don't even know who they are. Yeah, they're this like, is we've weird. Never heard of this, right? I had gone follow, from like twenty five hundred to three five hundred, and then <laughs> and then through my own stuff going viral, and now it's up like close to around thirty five forty thousand. But like it was funny that I got one of the one thousand in there, a dishonest thousand. <laughs> Do you know Joe Mandy, comedian? Uh huh. He. Uh, he bought, when Twitter was, like, just starting, he bought, like, a million followers. 
And so he has like so many followers, but so many of them don't even care about yeah, anything yeah. that he tweets. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, he bought That's funny. Yeah, he wrote on uh, Parks and Rec, and he was he was in it for a couple episodes, I think. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, he like bought a million followers. <laughs> <laughs> like fine, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Um, so Max called Bear Mageddon. Bears want to kill you. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. Yeah. On Kickstarter.com slash. It's like slash project slash. I think Bear Book. Bear Book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You just search Bears want to kill you. Yeah. On Kickstarter, I think if you even just search, I think it comes up. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's basically kind of like the uh, zombie survival guide, but with bears and. More comedic. I think the zombie survival guy is trying to be pretty serious. I'm not trying to be that serious. Yeah. But it is very deadpan. Zombie survival guide. I feel like they wanted to turn that into a show. Is that what World War Z? At some point. What was World War Z? Is that a different thing? World War Z was a different book altogether. Okay. But not by the same guy? Same guy. Okay. I thought. Yeah. So it's that that franchise thing. Yeah. Like... He's like, zombies are my thing. I fucking got mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. That's you can corner the zombie market now. Ever, ever since Robert Kirkman. Dude, do you watch either of the Walking Dead's? I used to watch both. I tried to get it. I I, I didn't even get through the first season of uh, Fear the Walking Dead. See, I like Fear the Walking Dead way more than. Oh really? Walking Dead. I just feel like the show goes in the cycle that you start to pick up. You're like, okay, I see. Every season they have a budget. And so they have a chunk of episodes that can make big, high action. Everybody's killing each other, and a bunch of people die. Yeah. And then they spread out for the whole rest of the season as everybody's sitting on the sides of lakes crying about it. Well, that's Walking Dead. Fear <laughs> yeah. of the Walking Dead was... They don't got lakes as much. Fear of the Walking Dead, the <laughs> sense of dread is, like, so much more. Oh, yeah? And, like, you actually kind of care about the characters, because the acting is good, but the writing is good, hmm. and people talk actually how people talk. Okay. And... I don't know. I'm I'm all in on Fear the Walking okay. Dead. Okay. I might have to give it another try. I think I, I never got to loving the characters. I kind of felt, you know, it was, it was early on. Yeah. But again, with so much to watch and so many, I know. <laughs> so many days in the week, mm-hmm. you try and like compartmentalize your day, and you're like, okay, if I watch this show and this show, then I'll be in time for this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I think my main, I'm watching Barry on HBO. Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. Though. I think that's the only yeah. fiction show I'm watching right now. Legion? Have you seen Legion? I haven't seen Legion. Ooh, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's it's. There's been full episodes where, maybe for maybe like twenty minutes of the episode, I'm watching it like this. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's making the Home Alone face. <laughs> <laughs> This audio. But like fully just like oh <laughs> it's the guy Noah Hawley. He's he did um um Fargo, the T V show. Okay, oh, I love the T V show. And um yeah, so every episode of Legion I'm just like nah, oh, yeah. yeah, right, it's now Legion <laughs> Fargo guy, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's super good. That one, I'm all in on Preacher. I never gave Preacher a try. Preacher's so cool. Um, let's see. Blood Drive, but that's over. Shoot. Oh, um, Atlanta. 
Have you okay, seen that? I haven't seen that either. It's so good. It's whatever it wants to be. Like, if you go in thinking that it's going to be a comedy, you might be like, wait, I thought this was a comedy. But if you go in thinking this was a drama, you're like, wait, I thought this was a drama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes all over the place. And okay. It's super honest and like just really good. Hmm. But yeah, Donald Glover is doing some amazing things. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did you see the SNL he hosted? Uh-uh. Oh. He's one of those guys I just keep seeing things, everyone talking about him. Yeah. But I'm not in on it, so I don't know what's going on, but... He did this sketch, I'm not going to spoil it, but he did this sketch where he's a prosecutor, or defense attorney, I think, for Jurassic World. Okay. <laughs> After... After all the shit went down. <laughs> <laughs> That sketch. Oh okay. man. Oh. Because <laughs> it's such a ridiculous. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so the the Axe Cop video game. You you've played it a little bit. Have you been playing it? Or I played uh, <laughs> first demo. <clears throat> I played through, and then they've been sending me videos because I'm I never have time to play through it. And I can't. Mm -hmm. I never was into RPGs growing up, and I can't even figure it out. I don't know how to fight bosses. I don't know how you do it. And there's always a little trick to it, so they were trying to send me, like, hints and stuff. But So, yeah. like, I love the... Like, I like the exploring the levels. I'm such, like, a not a video game guy, so that's the weird thing about, like... Like, when they made the Axe Cop card game, too, the Munchkin game. Yeah, I have that. I yeah, like, them. I still don't understand how to play it. Like, I don't know how to play card games. I can't even play poker. Munchkin, I mean... Munchkin with two players is rough. <laughs> because... You know, I had to like, get together at my house, like I went to friends over that were into it, and they tried to teach me, and I was just like, I, I just could not. <laughs> By the end, I just still was confused. I don't know what it is. They used to make this um, map that went with the original Munchkin game, and they stopped making it, and so one day I was like, well, I want to move through the physical castle with my person, not just turn a dice. Huh. And um, so I made one <laughs> okay. on this like cardboard thing. I like took some time and drew it out, and I drew the drew the font like the the numbers and stuff how they were, and and um, then I had the board. But yeah, when you're when you're going with two players, it's rough because you're like, well, I just got into a new room. It's like cool. I'm gonna get to that new room and hope that you get kicked out of that room because it's just the two of us. <laughs> I don't even know there's rooms. Yeah, you have, to, you have to go to the tenth room and that's the room with all the treasure in it at the end of the castle. Huh. And um, so if there's like four or five oh, people playing... That's why there's doors that kick. Mm -hmm. Now it makes sense. Yeah, you kick up the I never door. put together the idea that you're in a room at some point. Yep. That's why I had to make my own board. I was like, wait... If this is a literally board game, for years I've had my own game, and I did not realize until now that there's rooms in this game. That that does that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so you kick down the door. I thought it was just like a figure of speech or something. Like, yeah, kick down the door and take this guy out. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a monster and there's a treasure, and then yeah. and you're like, how do I deal with this monster? What's his difficulty? I'm gonna have to dust the game off. 
Yeah. It's like spectacles. It's like very, it's like D&D very, very light. And I never played D&D, so I don't know. D&D is super fun. Yeah, I, got into I, I kind it. of wish I had. Now. I got into it later in life. I was like 28, maybe? And uh, I'm 34 now, but we, like, we got this group together, and we had such a fun time. Like, my buddy Tyler is this dungeon master, and he, like, creates this whole story out of nothing, and mm. some sessions would go, like, six hours, and we're like, oh, man, I can't wait to play this again. <laughs> Because it's a shared experience of an imaginary encounter that never happened. Yeah, yeah. And so, so like, you all share your imagination and the feelings that you had while it was going on of that thing that didn't even happen. You're like, oh man, I fought this, I fought this lich king, and I had to hide behind this pillar, Mm -hmm. and then his fire like barely didn't get to me, and I was like, oh man. Oh, it's so rough. <laughs> and then you're like, we jumped over this pit, and there were spikes, and we had to get this artifact. And <laughs> oh, yeah, D and D, highly recommend. Um, yeah. So, so not not many board games then, like uh, Arkham Horror. I always had a or... weird version of board games. I don't know what it is. It's something about even any games, really. I mean, I liked video games as a kid. Especially yeah. fighting games. I, I really like just the simplicity of p- punching people. <laughs> uh, Double Dragon and Streets of Rage yeah. and Street Fighter. Like, all those kind of games. I you have 50,000 on Double Dragon? You've seen The Wizard, right? I have seen The Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get 50,000? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jenny. well-known number. Everybody knows. Yeah. Jenny Lewis comes in. She's yeah. like, he got 50,000 on Double Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> That is a bizarre movie for Nintendo. Yeah. Like, they're going to make a movie, and that's what they choose to make. It was a weird. big commercial for Nintendo. Oh, but it is so weird. Like, yeah. this Christian with, like, Slater. a mental issue, the girl getting, like, attacked. Or, no, she's, like, shouting rape in the parking lot and all yeah. this weird stuff. He like, touched my breast. Yeah. In a weird <laughs> kids' movie for Nintendo. Yeah. And, and it's, like, that weird... Putnam is the guy of like the child retriever job, and and he's he's such a sleazeball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. And you're like, I watched the Rift Tracks version recently with my brother. because oh, we okay. loved it as kids. So. <laughs> California. For some reason, he loved the movie as a kid. I think I think it was his dream to be that kid. Dude, to play Nintendo that well. Yeah. I can speak from experience. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, did you read Ready Player One? Yeah, I did. Oh, man. Did you see it as well? I didn't see it. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. All I will say is that the movie felt like a fun romp through the world of the book. Mm-hmm. The book had so much more. And yeah. Like, um, oh, man. I love the book so much. When they... there's There's this moment where, like... The first, you know, you know where he finds the first thing. I'm mm-hmm. saying it vaguely so that the listeners might go read it. <laughs> but where he finds the first thing, and in the movie, everyone just kind of knows that this is the first thing, and you just have to like get to the end to get to the thing. Hmm. And I was like, that's that's not only a little different; that's entirely yeah. <laughs> different. <laughs> and it, it made me go, maybe he 
separated them on purpose so much to be like, no, the book is the book and the movie is the movie. If you see the That's movie... That's kind of what happens. I mean, I, it was, that was one of the interesting about being in that process on X-Cop, seeing how you can start with this and end up with this. Yeah. Because you do... And a lot, you know, nobody can see all those conversations or all those edits, but... Yeah. It is trying to encapsulate something that big and broad into... And to me, the book is never going to be as good as a movie because there's nothing more real than a book. You know, a movie is still trying to be like reality but in yeah. a book you're experiencing it in your own head and it's also the most immersive and personal because you're in that character's head and a book is such a personal experience flipping the page yeah did you find the contest the voice is in your head you know <laughs> yeah you're reading in whatever voice you want and you're experiencing it in your own personal way yeah so there really is never a way that I don't think and that's something that made me uh, one of the projects I have that hopefully gets released at some point is I wrote my first children's novel uh, kind of like oh. in, the, in the vein of like a Roald doll kind of story, like a very manic, crazy story about a kid who turns into a possum. <laughs> and uh, and I loved the process, and it made me because I, you know, post axe cop, I, I got married. I have two two step kids I married into, and then we've had two kids since. Yeah. So I became the designated story reader <laughs> at night, and I loved it. I became like I really fell in love with books that I had thought were as. I had never given a chance at older books and realized that a lot of books really come to life when you read them out loud, you know? Yeah. And I fell into the medium, like, comics are comics, but, like, they aren't ever going to be as personal. Mm-hmm. They're never going to be the experience that just a book is. Like, the book is yeah. the ultimate medium, I the think. The book is like, you got to imagine all of this. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. You're pulling some of the weight when you're the reader. Yeah. And it's a team effort between you and the author to experience this together. Yep. And that's probably what makes it special. Kind of like you said, Dungeons and Dragons, it's that group experience of, of an imagined Imagined like, experience, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think on a book, you know, it's uh, you're working with the author. Like, you're putting some work in, right? <laughs> yeah, the author's going... I'm going to put these words here, uh-huh. and you do with them what you, do, you will. You do the rest. Yeah. I hope you like it. Yeah. And then put their hands so up and walk full away. Full disclosure, I did the audio book on Ready Player One. Oh. So, but I did the, so Will Wheaton was reading it to me. <laughs> uh, he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, with the, um, with the physical book, did you hear that he hit a contest in it? Oh, really? I didn't know that. So while I was reading it, I, I like saw a couple things that made me go... That's weird. Hmm. I'll just keep going. I'm like, huh, I saw that same thing again. And he mentioned a thing about there being like a notch out of letters sometimes that some authors would do just to make you find something. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to see if there's more letters with notches. Oh, there's another one. And I started taking notes. <laughs> okay. And I started taking all these notes. And then I it spelled out a website. And I was like, oh! <laughs> And Jeez. I went to the website, and I played, and, like, the contest by this time had already ended. Okay. But I found it on my own, and so I, and so I like, played through the first game, and I got the first key, and then I got through the first gate, and then it was like, okay, now this second game, and it was text-based only. Huh. And I got a little lost in it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm going to set this down. I'll come back to it later. And there's a third game, too. But the person who won the whole contest, that he didn't announce, he just put it in the book, huh. and then had the website up with all these games, um, won his second DeLorean. He had, oh, wow. He had two DeLoreans, <laughs> oh, the one gosh. that's like all decked out from the book, and then um, 
this other one that he just also had. And he was like, hey, if someone finds my contest and does it all and sends me the proof, I'm going to give him my DeLorean. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. He did another contest within um, Armada, his book that he wrote after Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. And I was in it. I was on it. I was like playing the game. It's this game that's from within the book, and it was like online, and so you can play this actual game. There's an app too, and getting higher and higher scores. And then I'm like at the top of the world leaderboard, and I'm like, I'm gonna win an Oculus Rift. <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. <laughs> and um, but then someone had gotten. There's like an exploit, and. I remember now, he talks about in Ready Player One, it's like if you find any exploit in any game, use it to your advantage, because they put, they put it in there for a reason. Hmm. And so if you clicked away from the tab that you were playing, you could just take a little break, because when it got to wave 12, of this like vector graphics, like in-space sort of um, Galaga-type game, then wave 12 was it and then it was like all the bad guys coming in at once and you have to like go around and click them all and kill them all and, and it got tiring <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it got tiring on my wrist huh. and, um, yeah I think that was also the Lyme disease kind of kicking my ass but if I would have used that exploit then maybe I could have gotten that bigger score <laughs> it's hard did you ever play um, Robotron the arcade, the old arcade. I, I don't remember specifically, specifically, but I feel like it was during a period where I played every game I could, so there's a good chance I did. And it, <laughs> it has the two, the two yeah, joysticks. Yeah, yeah. The one is for movement, and the one is for shooting. Mm-hmm. And um, when the movie was about to come out for Ready Player One, I was like, I'm gonna start playing this game that he's talked so much about in the book. <laughs> and maybe there will be some sort of like awesome payoff in the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I start playing, and I'm going to this arcade, and then I'm there, like, every day, sometimes every other day. And then I start putting scores up on the high scores, just on the daily high scores. And I'm like, mm-hmm. 700,000? I'll never get that high of a score <laughs> on the permanent board, like, on mm-hmm. the last score over there. And now I have five scores on the permanent board. Nice. 11th place, <laughs> I'm holding strong. Okay. I met the guy who's got the seventh place spot. So you guys clock in. You guys are like the sheepdog and the coyote. <laughs> Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> He's living there. Just eat, eating pizza. Oh man! I saw him play. I saw I'm him just playing. I'm assuming he's at a pizza place. <laughs> it's a. It's actually. It's a barcade, and so they've got surprisingly good um, Asian food, and like burgers and fries and mac and cheese and. Um, but it's called Button Mash. Shout out to Button Mash. Is that in LA? Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But they've got a bunch of old games. They've got um, Frogger and Miss Pac-Man and Nibbler. They do have Double Dragon arcade. Nice. Okay. Yeah. They've got um, Moonwalker. You remember mm-hmm. that game? Oh, yeah. I love Moonwalker. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> rescuing children, right? Yeah. From Joe Pesci. <laughs> Who's like this mob boss who has stolen all the kids? I forgot about Joe Pesci. Oh, okay. We got to be out of here in 20 minutes? Mm hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> they've got the X Men big arcade, the four or five player mm-hmm. one. Yeah. 
Um, they've got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade. Like Turtles in Time. Uh, it's the it's the one that's like based off of Part Two, the NES cartridge. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Or I guess two. Or the cartridge is based off the arcade, probably. Arcades usually first. Turtles in Time was the biggest one, like the big Turtles arcade game. That was part. I think right four. Oh, okay. So that's later than that. There was. N- TMNT one, which was like I mean the Nintendo one was impossible, view. yeah. Yeah, top view, and then like you go down under the sewers, and then you're mm-hmm. like, and that's the one from the Wizard where <laughs> Bo Bridges is playing. He's like, I got the scroll weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to fight the barbarian. And Christian Slave's like, scroll weapon, you have lost your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that one was impossible. I could never get past the diffusing the bombs in the water level. Mm -hmm. Couldn't do it. I I I, I just remember it was very hard. I think I ran out of air or just got shot by the lasers too much. Um, Thinking back, it's funny that there were lasers that shocked only a beam in water yeah because it would have shocked the whole entire water (laughs) (laughs) ah video games (laughs) but yeah the Turtles 3 was the Manhattan Project and then Turtles 4 was Turtles in Time I think Um, okay yeah I remember the Manhattan Project that's right what are some other arcades that you used to play Oh, I was just obsessed with the Simpsons arcade game, the, yes. the side-scrolling fighter. Uh, oh, I remember I spent so a whole difficult. bunch of money one day to beat the whole thing yeah. with, a kid, with a kid that I didn't know. <laughs> and Mortal Kombat? Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I used to love all those. I used to subscribe to like Entertainment or Electric Gaming Monthly and oh, Game yeah. Pro and Nintendo Power and everything. Tips and Tricks magazine? I, I didn't get Tips and Tricks. <laughs> I think it was, those three were my, my main three. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all the fighters, Streets of Rage, but uh, um, Final Fight, the Final Fight arcade yeah. games, all the Neo Geo fighting games. Yeah, Metal they Slug. got a Neo Geo console at Button Mash too. Um, and I always loved randomly. I always loved the Die Hard arcade game, which came a little later. But you ever Die play Hard that? arcade? No. It, it's. I'm pretty sure Based that it was just movie? a Japanese action arcade game that that just called itself Die Hard. Oh. It has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> or it's like a weird Japanese reinterpretation of the movie. Because there is like a building and there's a cop, but it's like the president's daughter got taken or something and there's all this stuff going on. Yeah. But like, it's really like, like everything can be a weapon. And there's these weird things where like in between each level, instead of just walking to the next level, like you're running down a hallway and you have to like hit the button right at the right time and you like clothesline a guy on your way to the next oh, level or something, no. that kind of stuff. That sounds great. <laughs> like you can pick up guns and shoot and throw the gun at people and hit it in the head with it and everything. And it was kind of the first game to do that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Just like a really fun, really chaotic side-scrolling fighter. Die Hard. It's pretty awesome. This is like pre- Die Hard Arcade. Pre-Duke Nukem? Probably. No, I think it was after. It was like, it was like in the age of like, little after like Tekken. Like it was like because it's three okay. characters. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was imagining it in like, eight bit. Oh no, like it wasn't running down yeah. the hallway. No, I'm, I'm moving forward now. <laughs> that was just my favorite arcade game going back. Like, yeah. Oh man, some really good games through the years. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, Food Fight. That's another one. Did you ever play that one? I didn't. It's crazy. You're you're this kid. You're in a kitchen, I think. <laughs> it's one of those games where when you explain it, you're like, I think? I don't know. <laughs> um, there's these chefs that keep popping up out of the floor, and then they are running after you to grab you to get you out of their kitchen or throw food at you so that you have food all over your face and have to leave the kitchen and so okay. <laughs> that's when you lose a life okay. but you also are able to pick up the food from the floor and throw it at them and then you get points and it accumulates so it'll be like 100, 200, 300 up to 1000 and then the levels with watermelon all over the watermelon is infinite and so you can just have a ball but you have to get to the ice cream cone at the other side of the kitchen before it melts Oh hmm. man, that game is ridiculous. <laughs> I uh, my obsession as a kid was Maniac Mansion. Did you play that? Yeah, a little Nintendo. bit. Nintendo. I don't know why. I, was, I think I just loved that. Like all the different characters, you could play all these different characters, and there's a different storyline depending on who you picked or what combination of characters you picked. Yeah. And I loved the weirdness of it. It was just such a was weird that story. RPG or action? Action. I think it. It was a weird. It was a point and click. Like, it wasn't an RPG in the sense that you didn't, like, suddenly, like, find a boss and all of a sudden change to where it's, like, this giant drawing where you're back of your head and, like, you're, like, yeah. HP points and all that stuff, which I still don't understand at all. It's, like, See, D&D, to me, like, that's, like, trying to read, like, the chart of the elements when, like, you're doing that fight. I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like I'm in science class. Yeah. It's very technical. I just like pushing a punch button. Yep. And, uh... But a Manic Mansion is just you click, you know, like, go to, then click door, and then he goes to the door, and it's like, check mat, and he checks the mat and finds a key. Okay. Talk to, and you can just, you can choose anything to talk to, and he's like, I can't talk to that, or whatever. You know. It's like a, a newer version of King's Quest? Yeah, it was, uh... Like King's Quest 3. I think so, like Space Quest was the old where you type in the commands to the guy on okay. the computer. Um, but yeah, it's like one of those. Like you click, you have a menu of options, like go to, walk to, or pick up, talk to. Yeah. You click it, and you move the mouse. You act, it's like you have a mouse. Okay. But it's on Nintendo. Yeah, I was obsessed with that game big time. I gotta go back and play that one. I still have an NES. Hmm. Still works? You have to blow on the cartridges like crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found out that the reason why that works is because when you blow on the cartridge... It gets a little bit of saliva on the circuit, and then that makes the connection with the metal oh, tines better. and all the hmm. on the inside. Because I've taken it apart and put it back together before. But so it's just those getting worn down, the tines in there. Well, the tines. So yeah, like they're they start out like this, and then over time it just kind of gets like that. And gotcha. then if you blow on it, then it'll make a little bit more of a connection, but still might go out. So taking it apart completely and bending every single, back in, yeah. every single time down, it takes forever, but <laughs> it's worth it, because <laughs> Nintendo, yeah. Um, X-Cop, the game, oh man, they, uh, they said that they're going to make me a character, a townsperson. Oh nice, yeah, they're very generous <laughs> with that too, so yeah, if you're interested... <laughs> I was like, can you can you be named Dugathan? That's my social media everything. And it was a nickname <laughs> my buddy gave me a long time ago. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah was the one RPG I got into big time was uh, Earthbound. Okay. And I was obsessed with the music in it for some reason. I can still hum like half the songs in it. In I've while. heard of really awesome things about Earthbound. Yeah. I played so. it a little bit. And that is kind of one of the well-known 
Moon RPGs. But yeah, they, they're doing great. It's really like they're getting so intricate. Like they're doing all these stories and elements. So I told Megan only the comics because you know I only own the rights to the comic, I own rights to the TV shows. They can't use stuff that's uniquely from the TV show. But yeah, um, so they're using a lot of obscure things that like you know have never really been in anything but the comics. And they're doing some fun expanding and. They run it all by me, and like, oh, you're doing great, you know. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how it all turns out. It's dope. And we're going to be hitting our 10-year anniversary of when Axe Cop got created here, like, in, I think 2020 is, I think 2010 was when it got launched. I think we created it in 2009 Christmas, but it was January of 2010 that we launched it. With Dark Horse? No, on, or, on my website. Oh, okay, yeah. Because there's originally just a website that I launched. Yeah. Just goofing off. <laughs> as practice... <laughs> Like, once again, kind of like Bears Want to Kill You is my practice Kickstarter. Yeah. I always do that practice thing. So Axe Cop was my practice webcomic to yeah. launch my Bear Mageddon webcomic. I wanted to work out the kinks and put one out that I wasn't so worried about. Yeah. And that's what Axe Cop was. And it became <laughs> a website of the day on Entertainment Weekly, like, a few days after I put it up online. I go, oh, oh, crap. And then everything changed. Oh, yeah. That is awesome. It was a mess of a website. So funny. It crashed. We had one of those, like, $11 a year plans, you know? Yeah. Where they say unlimited, which, whatever they mean by that. It doesn't mean if millions of people get on your site, they're going to handle it. Like, it crashed and, like, got wiped out. So we had to... Suddenly, and I was, like, you know, speaking of... You know, because I see you posting about being, like, living in your car sometimes. Or, you yeah. Know, like, you know, I was... Uh, time I was living in a little room I was renting in LA and I just lost, I had two jobs, I had just gotten to the point where I was actually making pretty good money. I had a job at Disney and I had a job with a friend of mine uh, making these flash animations and it's basically two full-time jobs that I was able to do at the same time Yeah. and I was making really good money. It wasn't what I wanted to do with my time but I was making great money so just, and suddenly I, I went to visit my uh, friend to go to his wedding they had actually created the Axe website with me mm-hmm. on the way there on this trip uh, Disney called and laid me off on the way home from that trip my friend and the other company called me to let me off <laughs> so I got home and I had no job and I had spent all my money on that trip <laughs> so I was dirt broke and then Axe Cop happened and, and no money but we had to pay money to actually keep the website up for people to actually <laughs> yeah. go to read the comics <laughs> If you ever go back through it, you can see that I actually posted some of my blogger page just because there was such crazy demand to read these comics that were down. Yeah. That I put them on my blogger, uh, Google blogger blog yeah. at the time. I WordPress. Yeah. It's a free one. I'm like, and then, yeah. so we finally got it back up, and then I'm paying like, you know, I think it was like 200, 300 bucks a month uh, for this new site. Wow. And I didn't have the money. And then, so we created a, created a store and started selling t-shirts that didn't exist yet. Once the money came in for him, started making them, sending them off. And, uh, that's what we did. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh man, yeah. The the whole like whole, like sleeping in my car thing has been weird. It just sucks. Yeah. But I'm like staying cogent. I'm like I'm in this right now. Just gotta stick with it. I've been there. I'm going on tour. Like that's gonna save me a little bit. <laughs> um, Especially if I'm able to book shows up through California on the way, because I'd yeah. be like, yo, it's me, look, Lyme Disease Awareness Tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it Duplex Comedy Suplex, which is the show that I used to run out of my living room for free, <laughs> colon, the Lyme Disease Awareness Tour. So then it's just like, 
all out in the open, and I'm like, I'm going to start talking about this now. (laughs) (laughs) Trying so many different ways to make it funny to talk about Lyme disease. Is is with a twist of lime, is that overdone? (laughs) Or can you use that? (laughs) Put the lime in the duck and then you fuck his life up. (laughs) That's another one I've been toying with. But yeah, I'm just like, yeah, what? My, My muscles are like achy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just weak all the time. And autonomic functions like swallowing, it should be just, you know, easy mm-hmm. all the time. Not always easy. <laughs> and so I'm like trying to make that sad thing funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a good, because that's, that's where comedy's at. It's right in that awkward area right there. Yeah. You know? I'm like getting as personal as possible and like you can come with me on the journey or not but it's gonna I think, be <laughs> I think Pat Oswald did that pretty masterfully in his Annihilation you know yeah. to talk about the death of your wife in a stand up special it's yeah. chaos yeah be kind yeah Oof. oh it's so good mm-hmm. what about uh, did you see John Mulaney's new special I haven't Kid Gorgeous oh I did it is no I didn't phenomenal okay it's so good yeah on Radio City Music Hall, and he makes it look all like. I mean, it looks all old timey anyway, mm-hmm. and he's like got that old timey guy vibe. Okay. But his material is fucking great. Yeah, I just need recommendations on the sound because there's so many. It's almost like at Netflix, they just have kind of like a DMV room, and they just let it. Like, it just feels like there's like a, a line of stand up comedians, and they're like, all right, next for your stand up special. <laughs> Come on through, and there's just so many of them. It's like yeah. they even like Which they pre-monitor these. Which like, they, do I watch? Yeah, yeah, so many. <laughs> and there's nothing more. Like, it's bad enough if you like watch a bad episode of a show, but if you watch a bad half hour of stand-up, <laughs> you really feel like you've wasted your life. Like, yeah. It's a painful thing. Or an hour. Sometimes they're an hour. Yeah, I'll know. Like... I'm saying I probably I usually will give a person a half hour <laughs> and I'll I'll quit. And that's generous. Yeah, John Mulaney and I. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but Moshe Kasher and Natasha Leggero, they're both stand-ups. They got married, and they did a tour called The Honeymoon Tour. Oh, I saw the... I didn't see it, but I saw it. (laughs) Yeah. I saw the picture. So I guess, like, he does a half hour, she does a half hour, and then they do a half hour together on stage. Okay. And it's just, like, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So much good comedy. So little time. We gotta get out of here, right? Yeah, like, yeah, we got a few minutes. Oh, okay. Sweet. Um, with the D&D thing um, and with the RPG thing, mm-hmm. they they coincide perfectly because when playing D&D, you've got this character sheet in front of you and it's just your map of like who you are and you roll the dice and you see like, oh, I got a 17, but I have a plus three charisma modifier. Mm-hmm. So... It's probably once again like why I don't get Munchkin because I never played D anD D. That's also why I don't get RPGs. I feel like they're all D anD D is a good base family. And, and then once I played D anD D, I was like, oh, turn based fighting is important because if you have a whole team that you're managing yourself, you have to know what their stats are and like boost them a little bit here, a little bit there, not just like all strength or all wisdom or all charisma or whatever the modifiers are, and. Because, you know, it just rounds out your character. It makes you good in every area. Unless you want to, like, super focus all the strength or defense or... I think for me, I 
I grew up in love with animation. I did flip books like crazy. Yeah. And I actually, I put a bunch of them into my phone. I took pictures of every single page and made a, a, a compilation of all my high school flip books and I posted them on my website. Yeah. But uh, they're all these karate. You see, they're, they're chaos. Some of you ever saw when I posted them, but you should check yeah. them out. I'll send you a link. Because <laughs> um, there's ones where I would draw, I'd keep going back and adding more fighting. So I'd do a whole yeah. freaking riot. Like, just a, <laughs> a flip book of like a whole riot. Like every page has like 50 people fighting on it, you know? Like, and uh, I just, I love the movement. So I think that's why I like Side Swing Fire. I liked the watching them move. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, you know, you just pose there and you're just looking at numbers and stuff. I was just like, yeah, like that's River not City, what I'm into fighting for. River City <laughs> Ransom was a cool, like, middle ground between. Because it fought like Double Dragon, but you also still had the stats where you could be like, okay, well, now I have this fast punch or, like, mm-hmm. this super high jump or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. River City Ransom, good game. But... <laughs> Yeah, fighting games, and did you play or see Pokemon Tournament? <laughs> so I never, ever cared about Pokemon at all. Mm-hmm. And it was because when it originally came around, it was an RPG, and I was like, I don't really like RPGs. I don't even get them. Why do I need to play that? And then I was, I got to be the Pokemon in Pokemon Tournament, <laughs> and I was like, that's what I wanted in the first place when Pokemon came out. And I was like, I wanted to be the monster or the whatever crazy creature, and it, they did it so well. Like, <laughs> it fights kind of like Tekken. There's, there's like, arena mode where everyone's, like, back and forth. Mm-hmm. But then if one of you hits the other just the right amount, it makes you go side-to-side mode because it's, like, you're focused now. And then you have specials and, like... Oh man! So that game made me go. All right, I think I could get into Pokemon. And <laughs> then I I picked up a uh, Game Boy Advance SP, and I got Pokemon Fire Red. And I was like, I'll start at the beginning, cause okay. yeah. <laughs> and and now I'm like, Pokemon's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on the other side of that. I'm still. I don't want to be a guy who says I like Pokemon. It feels weird to say that. It, it, I, I, I was and still am that way with like Harry Potter is my thing with that where like I never read the books uh-huh. and because of that and like I like the movies came around and um, I just never watched them and then I was engaged and we were gonna get married and like she was like uh, let's let's watch Deathly Hallows part one this weekend and I was like I haven't seen any of the previous movies. <laughs> she goes, it's okay. You just need to see four and five. And that's it. And I was like, uh, if I'm going to see a series movie. Uh, I thought you say that's what ended it. <laughs> no, but I was just like. a red Harry Potter? <laughs> I was just like, I'll, re- I'll watch them all if we w- you want to see it in the theater. But I'm not going to see them out of order. Like, that's just silly. Like, that would be like seeing all the, all the Marvel movies and skipping like five of them. I found those movies exhausting. Yeah? But I was never in, yeah. I, oh. And then I, I tried to get in the books, too. I read the first two just because I really wanted to. And I liked them okay, but I didn't get, people get sucked into them. Like, my daughter read every single book, like, in a week. Like, she was hooked. Yeah. And I don't get that. I don't know. I don't know. And my my wife, too. She And she doesn't read fantasy, but she, Harry Potter. to see what her daughter was reading, she read through them all. <laughs> Crazy. 
So there's something <laughs> J.K. Rowling's on to. Oh, with uh, so one last thing before we... Yeah, it's two right now. Close it up. Um, go. I, I, start, I, I wrote it already, and it's a, it's a pilot about a homeless vigilante who gets street justice on bad drivers mm-hmm. and is also being chased by the government because he has the plans to end all homelessness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm like, it's going to be... I, I was writing it, and I was like, it's going to be an hour show. It's going to be an hour for sure. And then I got about 17 pages in, and I was like, I think I could do this in 22 pages. <laughs> and I finally got it, and it's all together, and it's called Roofless. Nice. It's uh, a good title. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we better get out of this. Uh, okay. It's, it's two. Yeah. So thanks again for listening. Uh, tell everyone where you know, they can find your stuff, all of your... Uh, EthanNicole.com, my last name is spelled N-I-C-O-L-L-E, is you know, my hub, and there's AxCop.com, BearMageddon.com. I should steer you right. Yeah. All right. So this cool. has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Colt and... Ethan, Ethan Nicole. Nicole. All right. <laughs> Later. Thanks.